Welcome to Moon Harbor Heroes. Today's issue is Violet Starling, Issue 1, The Girl with the Dragon Dad. On the cover, Carl and Violet are on the deck of a large cruise ship. Carl is, I'm the king of the worlding, on the bow of the ship, dressed in classic, over-the-top tourist clothing. Violet stands behind, in her usual garb, staring off into the distance. We can see the pyramids of Egypt on the land far from the ship. We turn the page and our story begins. So we open this issue up with uh, Carl and Violet on their way to Egypt to visit Jerry. Um, how are you guys all getting there? I think we would board a boat. Because as much as both of us can fly the long distance, I'd say Estelle would probably like to just run around and do random shit. And, um, and I don't Carl know if can, Carl would go over the ocean. Yeah, Carl can fly, but he doesn't really have the stamina for like long flights, I think. Yeah, I feel like if you tried to fly over the ocean, you just get eaten by a bunch of jumping fish. <laughs> Which and would seagull. be fun for me to watch, but I mean... Seagulls. Carl okay, so... Uh, seagulls. We, we've got, like, a, a couple panels, you know, getting on the boat. What is, uh, what's Carl look like getting on a boat for the first time? I think he'd be on the, on the bow the whole time, staring out. So what is he dressed like? Is he dressed like a uh, tourist? Ooh, I could go for that. Like a, a a big camera hanging around my neck and a Hawaiian and a Hawaiian shirt. No visor. Yeah, yeah, a visor. Um, one of oh. those cheap plastic, clear, clear plastic ones, and then um, you know the. Which, which Are you wearing name? socks and sandals together? Ooh, yeah. So socks, sandals, clear plastic visor, camera. Sorry, uh. uh Photograph thingy around my neck and a Hawaiian shirt. Great yeah, plastic. And then let's uh, let's get like Estelle entering the scene up behind uh, Carl. What's uh, Estelle? Just the Estelle aesthetic. I'm wearing the same. I'm wearing my same casual stuff, but this time I have oversized sunglasses, uh, bright yellow sunglasses, just plastered on my face. Uh, one of those cheesy oversized novelty sunglasses. Uh, awesome. Just for the hell of it. So she walks up to me, and I'm like, I'm so happy we're going on a holiday together. Yeah, me too. Uh, so where are we th going? There, there might be a little bit of side action uh, on the side, you know. We, we might have to do a little bit of work, but... Ooh, we're going to uh, meet more friends of yours? Yeah, we're going to meet my dad, but, you know, it's all good. I didn't know you had a dad. Damn. I didn't know you had a Bert. <laughs> Bert is the best. I talked I, I talk to Bert before we left, and he gave me sunscreen. Bert is the best. I don't know. When you meet Jerry, it's going to be a whole different can of whoop-ass. Does Jerry watch a lot of TV? Not quite. We don't really have TV back on Newt Zion. That's too we bad. Yeah, we, we have Coliseum battles. That's fun. So is is Jerry going to give you your sunscreen when we get there? I have a hat. I don't need sunscreen. Okay. Also, Jerry doesn't have skin, so he doesn't have sunscreen either. Isn't Jerry the guy that you sent the other guy to? Yeah. Uncle Skizzy, yeah. He'll be there. Oh, cool. Does he need sunscreen? I don't know. Maybe keep that bottle on you, and you can offer it to him when you see him. 
Ah, uh, gotcha. Do we want any more travel scenes, or we just have like a couple panels of montage? Or do you want to montage, just montage? I would, I would imagine we're sitting there playing Uno, and Carl is kind of confused about the whole game in the first place. <laughs> like he gets the last card, and I just keep yelling. It's like, ha ha, Uno, and I get get him every time. Okay. And then he wins at the end, at the last one. He's like, I finally won. It's like, dude, it's just a game. And I think our, our last panel of the trip, like, we get a panel of you all arriving in port, and then uh, probably, like, you know, renting a car to drive out to a certain point. And our last panel is, like, you arriving on the outskirts of this, like, archaeology setup. There's, like, a dig site with uh, a bunch of tents. Um, probably on camels. Y'all okay with that? I'm good with that. Have you, like, sent ahead to let Jerry know? No. Okay, well, moving around the camp, you see... I uh, said two... skizzy ahead, does that count? You see a couple people, people who, you know, occasionally work with Jerry, like his hired team to do this this dig. Uh, and uh, standing, like, over the dig site itself, you see Jerry with his back turned to you, um, yelling out orders for people. Okay, w- what is he digging up? I just want to know. Uh, like... you're, you're not there close enough to see at this point. Ah, I quietly walk up behind him and i'm like so you digging up some relatives he spins uh looks at you and gets a big old grin on his face like i didn't expect you uh yet and uh, it goes in for a big hug what brings you out here then he kind of up and <laughs> sees uh, carl what's carl doing over by the camels at this point um he's taking a photograph of a dung beetle excellent yep. and uh who's your friend they are carl I can't explain much about him. Jerry kind of like starts, you know, walking over towards Carl with you. Um, so what brings you out? So we met we, we met Uncle Skizzy the other day, and um, I kind of sent him this way because I didn't want to deal with him. So he's coming to look for you. He uh, kind of gets a dark look on his face, like Skizzy's coming here. Oh, well, that's that's gonna complicate things. Yeah, Maestro's been giving me kind of some problems, too. Well, he's been pretty quiet on my end. I've heard he's searching for me, but hasn't caught up yet. That's because he's busy with me. You You understand, like, over (laughs) Carl, like, taking all these snaps of a dung beetle. You want to introduce me? To to him or the dung beetle? (laughs) He chuckles and, like, holds out his hand. I'm Jerry. Hey, Jerry. So you're... You're Estelle's... Bird, right? Do you need sunscreen? I, uh, he kind of looks at his uh, scales. I'm, I'm all right. I'm sorry. Who, who? What's a bird? Bird's my Jerry. Jerry kind of looks at uh, Estelle, confused for a moment, but nods and goes, "Okay. So when's Skizzy coming?" Uh, I don't know. I just sent him in this direction. He's made. He's got lead skin. Remember, water is not a very good thing for him. So it might take him a minute to figure out. He's not very good at reading a map. He doesn't have a first mate anymore. He kind of chuckles. He goes, oh, why don't we uh, grab some food? Uh, it'd be nice to catch up, and I think we have some planning to do. So what's an uncle again? I think we, like, cut the seed at that point and, like, want to open up, like, sitting around a table in um, one of the, like, larger tents. Wait, does uh, Carl know what... Jerry looks like because Estelle knows what, uh, but we didn't really describe describe Jerry for us all. Okay, so Jerry is uh, what you would call a dragonkin. He's a giant lizard man with 
wings on his back. He stands about at six foot tall. He has sapphire blue scales. And on the scales, there's kind of a glow or a shimmer. While the glow or shimmer that he has on his scales changes colors based on his mood. He generally wears a tunic that is kind of green, a mossy green color that has kind of a set, has a secondary liner color that's yellow, like a mustard yellow. His powers is he shoots an elemental breath based on his mood. If he's aggravated, his scales will be look like sapphires that are been stewing in a hot pot for a while. They'll start turning red, have a red shimmer to them, and his elemental would his elemental breath would be fire, and it goes accordingly through that. And that's, that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So um, um, let's have you all sitting at the table. The you know a couple workers in the camp are. We can figure out a race name for like their species name, but they're like I think it is, I'm imagining them as like tall kobolds, like real lanky lizard people. I think we cut in like kind of in the middle of a conversation, um, so you guys can start up with whatever you want to talk about with, with Jerry next. And that's why mayonnaise seems to be their most popular food. I don't really understand it. Yeah, I don't understand mayonnaise either. It tastes a bit like sunscreen. Jerry, kind of uh, what 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 color does Jerry shift to when? When they're in super serious mode. In super serious mode, he goes to orange. Yeah, they start shifting to like a orange that starts brightening up as they they start talking kind of in a hushed tone. Like we're we're excavating something here that could be really valuable. It's some kind of ancient spaceship. We don't know how long it's been here, where it came from, but if Skizzy sees it, he's gonna wanna want it. Does it look like a pirate ship? I don't know. It's only about half out. Maybe we can lure him a bit away from here. I, 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 I don't want to risk damaging it. Well, he's after you, so you being away from here would be the best uh, thing. So, want to use me as bait? And you all ambush? What kind of daughter would I be if I... Yes. <laughs> I don't like being bait. I went fishing once with some guy that Bert knows from... And he wanted to use me as bait, too. I didn't like it. Don't worry, multi one. You won't be bait today. Cool. Aww. Um, at that point, one of the, like, kobold creatures kind of pops his head in the tent and says, Jerry, you said if we got any uh, scans to inform you, we've got a lock on Skizzy's sp- um, spaceship, and you'll be here in a few hours. I just want to say that Estelle instantly jumps up rushes over and starts petting, uh, scratching behind his ears, and then says, you want a treat? You want a treat? And pops a bone in his mouth and then walks back. In the background, while um, Estelle is doing that, you see Carl asking one of the workers, what's a spaceship? And uh, the worker just looks puzzled at me and keeps working. The kobold creature kind of pulls the bone out of his mouth, looks at uh, Jerry and goes, you promised you wouldn't do that anymore, and just huffs out of the room. <laughs> you do notice that they do not drop the bone. I, I look over at Jerry after he says that, and it's like, I made no such promises, and I'm going to continue to do it. And from there, we're going to cut to Carl, Estelle, and Jerry, just out in the desert. You're a bit off from the encampment. You can't see it anymore. And uh, you're all prepping for the arrival of Skizzy. What do you all want to do? Estelle turns around and it's like, you know it would be really cool? 
if we made a decoy ship and made you stand on it. Let's start building. <laughs> and then I just run off into the woods, leave it, or, well, the desert, uh, with some pulling uh, wooden planks out of my uh, uh, gravity pack and uh, hammer and nails and start working, leaving Jerry and uh, Carl to talk. So Jerry's kind of standing there awkwardly watching Estelle run off and just kind of looks at Carl and goes, we, if we're just making a decoy ship, we could use a hologram. I think it wouldn't be a good idea to make a ship here because we're in the middle of a desert. That one has some interesting ideas. How's she, how's she doing on Earth? Oh, she's doing good. We have a lot of fun. And then last week, <laughs> Uncle Skizzy came to visit. It was really fun. Yeah, he's a he's a bad guy. How how does Stell handle that? They just talked and then he left. I think they're friends. Jerry looks surprised and a bit confused at this. Kind of looks off after the direction Estelle ran off into. And kind of leans down towards Carl and goes, "Do you do you know what's going on here?" Yeah, you're trying to dig up a ship in the desert, which I think is not a good idea because you're not gonna <laughs> find one. And you know Uncle Skizzy's coming here to kill me, right? Hmm. Why would Skizzy... Don't worry about it. Estelle will talk to him and it'll be fine. Jerry kind of looks off once again in the direction Estelle ran off in. It's like, girls changed. What is going on here? Starts heading off towards Estelle. Are you following? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to kind of hang out in distance and follow. All right, so let's uh, emerge into the clearing Estella's in. What, what, what does that look like? It's a clearing that is surrounded by uh, cacti on every side. There is kind of uh, some rocks, uh, kind of like a, almost like a small can uh, miniature Grand Canyon type thing where the rocks are starting to peek over. And in the shallow area, I, started, I have half of a boat start to build. Uh, and I started building a treasure chest inside. Uh, okay. Jerry, like, steps forward and goes, Estelis, you need to explain to your friend that Skizzy is here to kill me. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, he wants to do that. He... <clears throat> so he wants to take his life away and make it a permanent fixture where he doesn't come back. That's what oh. death means, by the way, just so you know. Oh, so he's like the guy that chased you with the drones. Gotcha. Yeah, he doesn't want me dead. He wants Jerry dead. And it, no, the guy yeah, who chased me friends. with the drones is uh, Maestro. He also wants him dead. Jerry oh, turns okay. and looks and goes, wait, is Maestro coming here too? I don't know. Maybe, maybe we should run. If Maestro is coming, I don't... Oh, come on, it'll be fine. You brought me along with Maestro attacking me when we were little, when I was little. Yeah, that's true. But, okay, if we're going to do this, we got we to gotta actually do this. He turns and looks at Carl and is, you, you need to be ready to fight. You need to leave this talking talk behind. And he is trying to shift your labels. He's increasing your danger and lowering your mundane. Yeah, I'll reject that. Okay, good and uh, roll. Okay. On a 10 plus, choose two. You can clear a condition or mark potential by immediately acting to prove them wrong. Or you can shift a label up and a label down your choice. 
or you can cancel their influence on you and take plus one forward against them. Plus one forward as an influence over? No, as in the next move you make targeting them, no matter what the move is, is at a plus one. And they no longer have influence on you. I'll do that one. Carl just looks at, um, at Jerry and goes, you're way too tight, man. I'm good. And just walks off. Fantastic. So it sounds like you could also, like, you can choose two. So you could also shift a label up and uh, down your choice. And we're jumping to Estelle. Yeah, while this is happening, I had deleted one of my uh, abilities. And I copied Jerry. It's like I scanned Jerry to get his empathy control. Okay, cool. Jerry kind of watches Carl walk off, shakes his head a bit, turns to Estelle and goes, Need any help building that thing? We got, we got a little bit of time before Skizzy gets here. Yeah, I, no problem. Okay, so let's set the panel of uh, Skizzy being bait. Can you tell me what that looks like? Yeah, I stuck an apple in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I put him on a spit, and uh, I just threw up a couple signs that says, uh, Jerry right here pointing arrows at him, and then there's a little one that's a, a little sign over here. It's like, not buried treasure, uh, not buried treasure, with a snare trap tied to it with the uh, shiny gold uh, pebbles. And Jerry looks very angry and confused. So his scales are a mixture of uh, red and green. Okay, I'm going to veto that, but I'm also going to keep it in. Because I, I think that is the panels we get. And then, yeah. like, we get, like, that, like, fuzzy, like, thought-edged thought bubble thing. And it cuts back to, like, Jerry standing. Like, did you want him on the ship you built? Like, that the prop ship? So, like, like yeah. he, it's him standing uh, there and, like, the two of you in the distance watching. And, like, the thought bubbles go into your head. And just, like, I still like my original idea better. Yep. So where are you all? I'm hiding behind the cactus. I'm, I'm gonna sit and uh, play with, with, my dumb be- with my dumb beetle. Did you take that as a pet or a lover? My friend. What's did you need? Did, did you? You wanna hear a really cool fact about dumb beetles? Okay, I'm I'm invested. Let's do this. Okay. Wait, what's Jer- Jerry's uh thought on this? Jerry's, Jerry's just different. nervously watching this guy, ignoring your all's chatter. So dung beetles, they don't need sunscreen. How cool is do, that? Do, do you need sunscreen? I mean, I tried it, but it's, it, I really don't like it. Right, and because I, you said it tastes like mayonnaise, right? Gotcha. And mm. I think at that point, moment, we get like a rip in the sky, and then just a like crash of light and sound, and this just high-tech pirate ship like whoops warps in and then like is uh still in the sky above and you can see uh skizzy standing way up on the deck of it staring down he goes jerry i found you come peacefully like all the cannons of the ship turn to focus on jerry i'm gonna jump out and be like you let the ship go to shit look at those rust spots what are you doing skizzy like he turns to look at you and you can see surprise in his face he he did not expect you to be here. He looks at you and says, First, Estelle, you just back off. We just need Jerry. And a, some, a, several of the cannons uh, turn to train on you. Oh, but I found treasure. 
We were digging up. We were digging up bones, and we found treasure. I mean, I mean, whatever. I'll take it. You can take Jerry. Whatever. So while uh, Estelle and um, Skizzy are kind of bantering back and forth here about treasure, because that's going to happen, Carl, you're pretty much unnoticed. Is there anything you want to be doing here? Um, Yeah, so as as Skizzy comes in, uh, Jerry looks, there's a panel where Jerry looks behind him to look at me, and I'm just gone. Okay, excellent. And he curses. Damn, B is buzzed off. Where do you want to end up? I'm just going to um, scatter around the scene for now so I can show up wherever I want. Cool, cool, cool. The ship starts flying in lower and lower, and then you see a, uh, a rope ladder drop down, or ropes and ladders drop down. And go ahead and describe the Essetons for me, because uh, right. three of them start uh, shimmying down the rope towards so, the ground. Essetons are ant-like humanoids. They have four arms, two legs, three segmented body. They stand around five or four foot five each. They're kind of just sliding down the rope. They don't really have to worry about friction burn because they have that exterior uh, exoskeleton. They have varying colors, but they're pretty much in sync. Uh, One's a dark uh, red, a dark brownish red. Another one is a, a tan, and then the last one is kind of a steely gray. Cool. Um, and they're like they're each holding the ropes with two uh, two hands, and in each of their other two hands, they have a like sim like a scimitar that has um, that's made of energy after the hilt, and a very futuristic futuristic flintlock pistol. Like it's very much a flintlock pistol with future bits on it. Yeah. And are, uh, sh- uh, three of them are coming down the ropes, and the cannons are, you know, drawn to bear on both Estelle and uh, Jerry. And uh, Skizzy looks at Estelle and says, I'm giving you one more chance. Back off. I don't need you. I just need Jerry. I have to ask you a question. Why did you spend extra money on the fancy swords and guns and not friggin' just get a friggin' uh, tractor beam? That could have made everything freaking simple. You could have just sucked them up and been gone. I think you're trying to provoke someone into furthering conversation. Is that your intent here? Yeah. Okay, go ahead and roll uh, plus superior. I got a 14. He launches into a tirade about the economics of um, uh, various technologies and goes on for a while and then just kind of stutters and goes, you know, there is value in maintaining an aesthetic, Estelle. And, uh, Carl, you have an opportunity here. Um, while he's very much focused on Estelle, if you want to be doing a thing, you could do a thing. Like, you could, at this point, get onto a ship unnoticed. If you like. Yeah, I was going to say I want to send out, but not like my full form, but send out a few scout bucks to go scout the ship and see okay. what's to be seen there. Yeah, cool. Ahead. Uh, go ahead and um, roll to assess the situation as if you're on the ship. Thanks. We don't have any team yet, so... Let's enter battle against a dangerous foe here, just so we have this all taken care of. So you start with one team, and then when you enter battle, we'll add two, so we're at three. Who is the leader? Since I kind of have his attention, I'm going to take the lead on this one. You um, that, Carl? Carl, Carl would only be the leader in very specific situations, so I'm okay. always good with someone. Um, does the leader have influence over every teammate? 
I have no influence over anyone. Estelle, like Carl hasn't given Estelle influence? No. Okay. No, he, so... he did, but he took it away because he okay. tried to grab his amulet. Cool. Yeah. Um, Estelle, what is your purpose in the fight? Um, my purpose is to trick Skizzy into trying, uh, into not taking Jerry and so doing it... my best w- without trying to get in con- as much conflict as I possibly can. But like, if you um, had to break it down to like one sentence, would it be just protect Jerry? Is that the most important thing? Yeah. Okay, Carl, uh, is that your same purpose? My purpose would be to um, to help Estelle um, get to her goals. So I don't know if that's the same one or not. Yeah, yeah. If you're just following yeah. Estelle's lead, one hundred percent. Yeah, it'd be the same goal. Okay, so that brings us to four. Does any team member mistrust the leader or the team? And I don't think you're ill-prepared or off-balance, so yeah, you're at four team. So I'm going to use my empathy control to, like, increase uh, Skizzy's greed as I'm, whole, as, as I'm standing in front of the chest of gold. So like draws what a looks chest. like gold. Are you doing that to um, spend a team and increase uh, Carl's role? Yeah, kind of. His attention. It, it distracts him and it get, grabs his interest even more. Okay, cool. That pushes you up to a seven. So you can ask one. Is there any personnel left on the boat? Uh, I can just give you a general lay of it. Like, in spreading out, you, know, you now know the general layout of the boat. Like, you're not going to be lost on any part of the boat. Um, okay. There are two of the acetons still on the boat and Skizzy. And then you can ask one additional question from the list. How could we best end this quickly? You might not like this answer, but if you take down the whole boat, there's no way Skizzy's getting away with Jerry. So, Carl, what are you doing with your information? You kind of got in a, you got in a couple panels of your bugs spreading out across the ship, and you like scouting the whole thing out. Yeah, the bugs would just return um, with the information to the um, to the swarm intelligence, and uh, we kind of like cut back to Estelle and Skizzy. Just like in a heated argument. And then Skizzy kind of shakes his head and goes, Estelle, I know you. I know you're you're stalling for something. Last chance. Leave or I'm blowing you away. And all the cannons focus on Estelle. I turn around and I'm like, fine. I pick up the, the treasure chest. It's like, you can take Jerry. I'm taking the gold. You can kindly go fuck yourself. And I friggin' start to storm off. As a couple pebbles of uh gold rock, gold-colored rock goes, drips out of the uh, chest. I'm like, oh, I go and pick some of them up, and then I uh, start to storm off again. The cannons uh, at that point spin back to where Jerry was standing, but it's just blank. And Skizzy lets out a roar. goes, Estelle! <laughs> the cannons start firing after Estelle. What are you doing, Estelle? You got big old um, blasts of energy flying after you. Around me is the. There's still the cactus around me. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to use my other power that is plant manipulation. Back uh, when we did the plant guy, I'm going to manipulate them to grow and expand and kind of jut out their uh, thorns a little bit to kind of give me an extra layer of protection. As I slip away into the caverns where the yeah, cool. Go, go ahead and roll to unleash your powers. I got a seven. Okay, on a seven, either mark a condition, or I'm going to tell you how it's unstable or temporary. I'm going to mark the condition. Cool. What are you marking? I'm going to mark guilty. 
because I kind of flaked out on Jerry at the last second. <laughs> okay, cool. So we get like Estelle darting behind these cactuses and then spinning, and the cactus is just growing up into this like cover. Blasts of energy blow through, and like parts of the cactus just fry and fly off, but more cactus uh, grow up to uh, cover the tracks. And then I think we get a panel where the like there's a concentrated fire, and the cactus are just blown away, and just Estelle isn't there. And um, we are going to jump back into the scene. Um, we have, uh, you know, Carl has a view of what's going on. Jerry has uh, hidden behind uh, a part of the ship that's on the ground and is uh, hidden there uh, from the ship. Carl, what are you doing? I think at this point in your mind, you start hearing that whispering again. And you hear, I could give you the power. Draw from me and you could destroy that ship. Hmm, interesting. Okay, so Carl, with his internal voice, just goes very aloof, uh, goes, um, maybe later. So who's on the ground right now? So Skizzy's on the ground already, right? Uh, no, Skizzy's no. still up on the ship. There are three of the... Um, of the lower, uh, of the minions. Yeah, they've hit the ground, yeah. and they're, they're and advancing on the fake ship that has been built on the ground. They're going to start searching it here soon. Yeah, and, and, and there's two... Okay. You know um, there's two more up, up in the ship, controlling the ship. I'm going to try to pull down the acetons like, into the sand up to their neck. Oh, like I digging would, out the uh, sand underneath them? Yeah. I would just dig out the sand underneath them and then pull them with a bunch of my, uh, my insects so they're up to their neck in the sand. Awesome. Cool. So yeah, I think we get a couple panels of like the myriad of ants uh, of you rushing forward and just like starting to dig in front of these larger ants. Uh, so roll plus fruit. All right, you do it. They're held firmly in place, and uh, from you know your mini vault uh, vantage points, you see uh, Jerry uh, start making a like covert line around the ship. He seems like he's headed towards the ropes to the ship up above. Moon Harbor Heroes is produced by Anthony Sheets and T.P. Huth, and edited by Anthony Sheets. Anthony can be found on Twitter at IcyNewYear, or at IcyNewYear.com. T is the host of Incubator on Air, a new play podcast available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. They can be found at T. Huth Playwright on Twitter, or at T.P. Huth 94 on Instagram. Faces is GM by me, Anthony Sheets. Carl is played by Simon Meskins. You can find him on Twitter as Jill Bereka. Violet Starling is played by Zweifang. Our logo was designed by Beautiful Beasties. She can be found on Instagram at beastly.doodles or at patreon.com slash beautifulbeasties. The music for this issue is Run Amok by Kevin McLeod. A link to his website and the license will be in the show notes. If you want to get a hold of us, email us at moonharborheroes at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at MoonHarborCast. If you enjoyed this issue, please leave us a review on iTunes and tell a friend. Word of mouth and five-star reviews are really the best way for us to keep bringing these stories to more people. And uh, thanks for helping us save the world. We'll see you next issue.